I'll read verse 6 through 11 to give the context. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. I remind you that this is God's holy and inspired word. It contains everything we need for for faith and for life. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord abides forever. Let's again pray. Dear Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate our minds and enlighten our ways so that we will be blessed by the reading and preaching of this word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you read the weekly email, uh, I, I suggested that I'd be preaching chapter 2, verse 10 through 16. And then as the, the week got further on, I, I said, I'll preach chapter 2, verse 10 through 13. And finally, it was too much for me. Um, so I'm now preaching chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. So thus is the providence of God. But last week, we discussed what real wisdom is and said that it is first divine. It is a wisdom of God. Second, we said it is imperishable because this wisdom of God can never die or never perish. Third, we said that this wisdom is contained in a mystery that is now being revealed about the person and work of Christ chiefly in the cross, manifested chiefly in the cross of Christ. Fourth, this wisdom of the crucified Savior was decreed before the ages for our glory and was revealed to us through the Spirit. But this leads us to a question. How does the Spirit know such things? How does the Spirit have access to such things? This continues to be the theme of this passage 
How does the Spirit know these things? How does the Spirit know such wisdom? This leads us to the doctrine of this passage, and it is this. The Spirit reveals to us the wisdom of God because He is truly God, and He searches even the depths of God. One more time. The Spirit reveals to us the wisdom of God because He is truly God and He searches even the depths of God. I would like to ask two questions of the text. First, how do we know such things? And second, how does the Spirit know such things? First, how do we know such things? How do we know that this is wisdom? We have a clear response in verse 10. These things God has revealed to us. This verse speaks of a special revelation. First, God has revealed it to us. This is what theologians speak of as a special revelation. This special revelation contrasts with natural revelation or general revelation which everyone has access to. General revelation is revealed even to unbelievers that are pagan, pagans in far-off countries. As Romans 1.19 and 20 says about this natural revelation, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for His invisible attribute, attributes, namely, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they know God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. This general knowledge leads to their demise without a special revelation They, being unregenerate, don't worship God or give thanks to Him so that they are without excuse. However, general revelation cannot save them. As the Westminster Confession speaks of the Holy Scripture, although, quote, although the light of nature and the works of creation and providence do so far manifest the goodness, wisdom, and power of God, as to leave men unexcusable, yet, they, yet are they not sufficient to give that knowledge of God and His will which is necessary unto them for their salvation. Only Jesus Christ is the Savior of sinners, and that is only revealed in the special revelation of God's most holy and inspired Word. Once I had a a friend who worked in the donut shop in Waynesboro. His name was Polian, and he was a first century, excuse me, a first generation Cambodian. I would stop by every week and talk to him about Jesus, and he confessed that he had much difficulty reading the Bible in English. This I could tell by the confused look in his eyes. So I I looked for a Bible in the Kanum language, and lo and behold, I found one and gave it to him. He unwrapped the foil, and he looked at, at it somewhat confused, 
and somewhat puzzled. And he said, this is in the Kanum language. He was astounded and said louder, this is the Bible in my own language. More astounded and amazed, he said, he, he exalted. This is the Bible in my language. Thank you, thank you so much for providing me with this. All because the Bible was produced in his own language. He was overjoyed at this copy of the Bible. This should give you pause of just how many Bibles we have in our own households. And, and, and the utter importance of Bible translation. The utter importance of Bible transla- translation and supporting the, the, the Wycliffe ministry and, and such as this. Uh, uh, the, the, the importance of Bible tra- translation. <clears throat> However, is the word enough? Is the special revelation enough? Is the Bible enough? Is the Bible produced in the Kanum language enough to bring my friend, Polian, to a saving knowledge of Christ? No. This word must be illuminated by the Spirit. We must consider this in what follows, the illumination of the Spirit. Paul also says in verse 10, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Through the enlightening power of the Spirit, Word and Spirit, we must have both. As the Westminster Larger Catechism says, His Word and Spirit only do sufficiently and effectually reveal unto men for their salvation. Have you ever heard people in our tradition say something like this? All we need is the preaching of God's Word. I certainly have. And I have occasionally even said it myself. But it is always in the context of spiritual illumination. We can't even understand the Word in the sense in which it was intended if we don't have the enlightening power of the Spirit. Unless we have the Spirit's illumination. We must have revelation and Spirit. The Word and the illuminating power of the Spirit. Further, have you heard people in the charismatic traditions say something like this? All we need is the Holy Spirit. And then we will be pleasing and acceptable to God. This is a major pitfall as well. That assumes that if we have nothing more than a concert, God is pleased with your quote-unquote spiritual worship. Without knowing what God says in His Word, you cannot accomplish this. No, you must have the Word and the Spirit. If you are worshiping, if your worship is to be pleasing to God. In high school, I went regularly to Fort Morgan, where we would play Spotlight. If we don't know, Spotlight is a glorified game of hide and seek. And I I don't know whether they allow this or not, but we came at dark and played. 
we could, uh, we, what's we assumed that the spotlighters couldn't catch us if we went uh, and, and were hiding. If, sorry. I don't know if they will even allow you to do this at night anymore, but we go, went to Fort Morgan in the evening and hide in the dark places, the darkest places we could find because the spotlights wouldn't catch us if we were hiding in the darkest places. In fact, they were the darkest places that I'd ever seen. You couldn't see the hand in front of your face. But then a flashlight would shine upon you and give you light to disclose the places that you were hiding. This is like the Spirit's illuminating power. You cannot understand the Word until you have the Spirit's enlightening power. You are cloaked in darkness when you don't have the Spirit. But once the Spirit shines upon you, you understand. You get a glimmer of light. And it can help you understand the things that have been revealed. Without the Spirit, there is no light. With the Spirit, there is illuminating light to help you understand. But similarly, the Spirit cannot illuminate where there is no Word. The Word, when the Spirit shines on it, illuminates and shines on the Word of God, which is clear. This is called the clarity of Scripture. It assumes that if you are a believer, the light shines upon you from the Holy Spirit and makes the Word of God clear to you. But this is a benefit we have to pray for often. Dear Lord, may Your Spirit shine upon us and enlighten us and enlighten this Word to us. You should pray this prayer each time you come to read the Scriptures. Another question that I would like to ask of this text is how does the Spirit know such things? I would respond this way by verse 10b. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. The the first point under this heading is the Spirit searches. The Spirit searches. What does it mean that the Spirit searches? This searching also means to investigate or to examine. John Owen says that this contains personal properties if the Spirit searches and investigates. The Spirit understands and gives wisdom because what being can search or investigate unless he is a person. The Spirit searches because he is a person. But furthermore, the second point under this heading is the Spirit searches everything. The Spirit searches everything. Absolutely everything. Literally, the Greek text says, for the Spirit searches all. What does that all include? By the latter half of that verse, he searches even the depths of God. Paul gives us the impression that nothing 
is excluded from the Spirit's searching. Not angelic beings or demonic beings, nor the creatures. This does not exclude believers, nor unbelievers, nor children, nor infants. Nothing can be exempted from the Spirit's search. Not even an uncreated being, such as God. God cannot be excluded from the Spirit's searching. Paul gives us an analogy in verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? This gives us much insight to the person and work of the Holy Spirit. The spirit spirit of a person knows a person's thoughts. Following this train of thought, the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts even of God himself. He searches everything that a man understands, our hearts, our minds, our emotions, and even the thoughts of God. The Spirit has access to them all, absolutely everything. Paul continues in verse 10b to display how the Spirit knows these things when he says, even the depths of God. The Spirit searches everything, and this doesn't exclude God, but includes the depths of God. What are the depths of God? Other translations say the deep things of God, as the King James Version, NIV, and New King James. But what are these deep things of God? This word is generally used for the depths of the sea. In other words, the very lowest, dark, uninhabitable places of the sea or the rock bottom of the sea, the Holy Spirit knows from top to bottom things, the things of God. He knows the thoughts of God from east to west, north and south. The Holy Spirit knows all these things because he is from God and of God. John John Owen once again says that these deep things of God are the mysteries of his will, counsels and graces. It is the endless, boundless and infinite things of God. Could the spirit know these things, even the depths of God, unless he was God himself? If he was not divine, Could he explore the depths even of God if he hadn't been from eternity past? Ultimately, we know that the Spirit knows these things because he is himself divine. He himself is from God, of God, and God himself. We need to think about this a a little more, and that and that is this the fourth point under this heading the deity of the Holy Spirit. To make the text plainer, I would appeal that I would appeal to you that the Holy Spirit is omnipresent, everywhere present. Verse 10b says, the Spirit searches all. This verb is in the present tense, meaning the Holy Spirit has searched, continues to search all, and will search until eternity future. 
It is said he searches all things. He searches all, even the depths of God presently. You remember that Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We said uh, that that is, when I preached on this passage, that this was an indication that he is everywhere present. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent, everywhere present. And he has to be because you could not search all, everything in the present tense if you were not everywhere present. Psalm 139 says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. And your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. The Spirit is omnipresent. He could, how could He search all things unless He were? Who bears the attributes of omnipresence? Only God. Only God. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is is God. He is divine. He is one of the three persons of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Furthermore, the Holy Spirit is omniscient. Verse 11 says, So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. In the same way, if the Holy Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God, and if He, as verse 11 says, comprehends even the thoughts of God, the Spirit is omniscient. He knows all things. Is there anything that can escape God's infinite, eternal, unchangeable wisdom or thoughts? Certainly not. Verse 7 says that this wisdom of God, which was decreed before the ages for our glory. The Holy Spirit is said to comprehend even the thoughts of God because He searches the depths of God. This gives the impression that He was there in the eternal council of the triune God. And He is ever aware of the thoughts of God so that He is all-knowing. The Holy Spirit's comprehension is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He is all-knowing in His infinite, eternal, and unchangeable wisdom. This verse gives us certainty that the Holy Spirit is a divine being. For this reveals that He knows all and searches everything and comprehends even the thoughts of the everlasting God. Who bears, this, uh, who bears this attribute? Only God. This is extremely practical for this passage. Indicates that you cannot even understand, let alone comprehend, the thoughts of God's wisdom unless you have the Spirit of God. You would consider it folly 
if you did not have the Spirit of God. Unless you believers have the Spirit of the living God within you and illuminating your mind to comprehend. However, the Holy Spirit applies to you the folly of Christ so that you can comprehend the thoughts of God that this is the wisdom of God for you to understand and comprehend the crucified Savior and to understand the words of the Apostle. But we preach Christ crucified. Christ the power and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. This brings us to our applications. First of all, thank God for giving you the Spirit. Thank God for giving you the Spirit. Without God's Spirit, we do not have the illuminating power of Him that causes one to understand and comprehend the thoughts of God. But if you are a Christian, you have the Spirit of God living in you so that you can have the light of the Spirit shine His light on the Gospel of Christ and comprehend it. Thank the Lord and praise the Lord for granting you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Another application that I, would, that I would exhort you to is that you plead with God for further illumination. Remember that you cannot comprehend the thoughts of God unless you have the Spirit of God. Pray for greater illumination to enable you to understand the thoughts of God daily. Daily read the Word, but don't just read the Bible. Ask that God would grant you further illumination to understand that the Spirit would shine upon you and that you may understand the thoughts of God contained in the Scriptures. This leads to our final and third application. Ask God to give you the illumination of the Spirit to understand the Lord's Supper. Plead with God to help you take the Lord's Supper rightly. To grant you the Spirit to perceive that you are indeed Christ's and have membership in the covenant of grace and have been rightly admitted to the Holy Supper. And further, because the Spirit knows the thoughts of God and comprehends it, He knows that God said in Isaiah 40 verse 1, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. This is meant to be a comfort to you. If you truly believe, it is meant to be a comfort to you. As Jesus said in John chapter 14, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, what I have told you, that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, 
you may also be. If you are a member of the new covenant, your Father speaks comfort to you. The Son speaks comfort to you in this meal. And the Spirit reveals comfort to you also. Also in John 14, Jesus promises to give the paraclete, the comforter. In this meal, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit speak comfort to you. Ask the Father to illuminate this by His Spirit and reveal the truth about Jesus. For He reveals truth about Jesus. Let us pray. Almighty God, we know as has just been exposited for us that we cannot understand, much less comprehend Your Word unless You communicate that Word through Your Spirit. We pray for that illumination of the Spirit by which You can be comprehended and by which Your wisdom can be discerned in the preaching of Christ crucified. Further, we ask that You will set these elements apart for blessing and not curses. May we discern the body of our Lord Jesus Christ properly and may we judge ourselves aright and may we eat and drink in an enlightened way, in a Spirit-inspired way. We ask, we plead with You to do this in the matchless name of Christ our Lord. Amen.